I'm Jimmy Brown. I'm an alcoholic. If you're ever home and you get a phone call from John Tesh and he says, I got an idea. Run your ass off. Jimmy Brown in the manger scene, my higher power just had a cardiac arrest. My sponsor's here, and I have to watch out for my language because he don't like me to say shit, or he really don't like me to say fuck. He really don't. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to say. Bill told me, he said, you just didn't just talk about 20 minutes and quit. I said, I'll be the best speaker 16th Street ever had. i never seen anybody talk too short they didn't love. I've seen some people talk over and they want to kill him. That won't happen to me. I am, uh, I, for those of you that don't know me, there's three or four don't, the uh, reason I'm up here, I have a, medical problem. I have Parkinson's. And sometimes I can stand at that podium and just do great. And believe me, that you'd rather hear me sitting up here than have to get up and help me get my off my fat ass after I hit the floor. So that's what I'm doing up here. I'm also up here because I'm an alcoholic. And uh, this uh, AA saved my life. Um, I took my first drink at 15 and my last one at 39. And uh, I come from a long line of alcoholics. I'm kind of like the the cat that was making love to the skunk. I didn't quit because I wanted to. I quit because I had to. (laughs) I didn't have all I wanted. I just had all I could stand. Bill, I haven't said anything bad yet, don't I? Keep your hands crossed. I've been thinking about my family. Uh, My father had uh, four brothers and three sisters, and every one of the guys were alcoholics. Two of them got sober in AA, and the other ones, my father being one, never did get sober. And, uh, And I think about that. I think about that when I think about the disease of alcoholism, cutting back for the powerful. Uh, and, 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 you know, when I took my first drink, I had no idea what to face. I was skeptical because of my father. But boy, when, I, when it hit the bottom, I said, where have you been all my life? And that started a, a tr- transition. I'm also speaking tonight because two of the closest people in my life are picking up chips. One of them is my wife. She is the closest person in my life. Another one is my good friend Otis, and we'll get to that later. Uh, And uh, I got some people here that I sponsor and that are good friends, and I'm glad of that too. Anyway. I have no idea what I'm going to say. I keep saying that and I keep talking. When I 
when I did find the, 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 the magic, magic elixir of the gods, it just changed my whole life. I was a good student, a, a very good sports and sports, and everything changed. That the whole thing, this thing liable to jump around, that the whole thing changed. Uh, I had my priority shifted and after one time. I shifted from playing baseball or something to drinking, and uh, and it stayed with me all my life until I quit. Uh, I uh, I've been married a lot. <laughs> uh, I get married easy. Me and Gordon had a hard time staying married, and. Uh, Thank God I got the wife I got now. And by the way, Rita and I just bought a new home, and we love it in Jamestown. Uh, that's another thing, but we we love our house, and I'm glad to be there. She just finished a master's program in East Carolina, and uh, Drew takes all the credit because he said that's why she went, and he didn't, she didn't know Drew. Drew. <laughs> uh but anyway, uh, so when I when I when I went off, you know, every, everybody goes through times. Uh, when I started drinking, of course, uh, uh, as I say, everything changed, and and uh, I had problems with mother and father and and everybody else, but. Uh, uh, I, I got married early in life, and that was a horrible mistake. The first marriage, uh, she hated drinking. I don't know why I married her. I didn't even like her. <laughs> That's why I married her. I wanted to punish her. <laughs> and I punished the shit out of her. <laughs> Couldn't stand to be drinking. I don't understand but uh, I, I was thinking about this today, too. Uh, the first time I came home one day, back in while I was raising Goldsboro, North Carolina, all the guys talked about drinking, buying their Christmas whiskey. And, hell, we'd buy our Christmas whiskey eight or ten times before we could, <laughs> and never even made it to Christmas. And one night I come home on Christmas Eve drunk. And the front door was locked. The court I had my key was locked. And I couldn't get in. Well, I thought about kicking the door down, but it's Christmas. <laughs> and so I, I jumped up. I was a lot slimmered in and, and got the window seal and and got the window open and crawled in. And by the time I got halfway through the window, the window fell down on me. I said, ain't that the brakes? <laughs> ain't that the brakes? Well, all of a sudden, I started trying to get out, and something hits me inside the head. And I figure, that's my damn dog. And I'm trying to get out of the window, and I finally hit the floor. And uh, and I uh, get up and turn the light on, and there stood my wife with a mop. 
and she was wearing my ass out. I never hit a woman in my life. Never, never, ever hit a woman. Had occasion to shake the shit out of one. But... <laughs> Didn't have any more problems with the mop. Uh, but that's just how things happened. Shit, that, that day she left me, uh, and that was that was a bit of something repeated a lot. And the police come. There's something about that. The police are different about this hitting woman. They don't like shaking either. <laughs> so I had to learn a lesson there. And that's the way it went. I mean, it was always something. I was wrecking cars. I was just one thing after another. And so we would get ready to have a divorce and we'd have a child. <laughs> The saved the marriage, and that would just speed it up some, and the divorce. And I, I had two children by her, and she left, thank God. And uh, but I couldn't be by myself, and I had to get a, I had to get a victim, and so I found another one. And that was just a story of my life. And uh, but this one was a good one. She drank. She was. <laughs> She drank with me. If I said, well, the first time we went out, I was still married, of course. And uh, <laughs> we, we, we were at Carol, uh, Virginia Beach and raising hell. And, uh, I got up that morning about 6 o'clock. I didn't have a, I didn't have a, I, didn't, I was hard, to, when I was needing a drink, I was hard to stay in the bed. And I had to get out, and I said, oh, boy, I'm in trouble now. I have got to have a drink. I was vibrating. And I looked, I knew where it was, and she was asleep. So I went over there and poured me a drink. And, you know, I hadn't even opened the bottle. And have you ever noticed when you open a bottle of whiskey and they're quiet, how much noise it makes? <laughs> that paper rubbed against it. Sound like a B-52 bomber went over <laughs> And so about the time I got my drink poured, she said, what are you doing? I thought, well, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. I might as well tell her, I'm, I'm having a drink of orange juice. <laughs> and couldn't totally be truthful, you know. And she said, uh, where's the orange juice? <laughs> I, I, so I poured a little sip in her. And she said, she said that magic thing that every woman that ever wanted to text Jimmy Brown would have to say one time, and and that would get it done. She said, where's mine? I said, I love you. When are we going to get married? <laughs> she said, it would be good. we could probably do that, but provided you get out of the one you're in right now. <laughs> picky, picky, picky. And and so I moved to uh, Greensboro at that time and went to work for a, a bank and 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 uh, she f of course followed me and I was still married and, and that didn't last too long till that ended and uh, and the second marriage started I was working for a bank in Greensboro and. Uh, Alcohol makes for bad 
many, uh, thinking. I decided to quit the bank and go to and, on, and uh, open up a convenient mark. Now, putting an alcoholic in a convenient mark is like giving uh, somebody a shotgun and telling them to not not do any damage because it didn't. That was just another thing I went through. And uh, at about the time, that, that's when alcohol really got bad on me. The man, I, the, the guy I was in business with, was my best friend, and, and we grew up together in Goldsboro, and we did everything together, and we went in business together. And at 35 years old, he had a uh, when your liver goes bad, cirrhosis. And died at 35. And every time he took a drink, I took one. The only difference was he never had a hangover. And boy, I had some Lulus. And uh, and he died. And, and and you know, that should have taught me a lesson, but it didn't. I went to the funeral and buried him down in Goldsboro, and I, I drove down there drunk. And there I was at a boy's funeral that had died from drinking. And I was drunk with her. But, but you got a lesson you have to learn. So I went back and I divorced my wife, of course, and married uh, the second wife. I, sometimes I get their names confused. So, the second wife. And uh, it wasn't too much longer after that that uh, one morning, I've been on a bad drunk I was selling cars in. What every car salesman needs is a good, good, good job so they can drink. And and uh, I got up one morning. I'd been drunk for a while, and I went into the bathroom to take a bathroom, and I, I was allergic to water in large quantities, so that didn't take long. <laughs> and I got dressed, and I came out, and my wife says, where do you think you're going? I said, to work. She said, not today. Well, see what I thought. It was Sunday. I said, oh, shit, I've made a mistake now. I'm going to get a fear. And I said, why not today? She said, because you promised them last night that you would go to treatment today. I said, who is them? <laughs> she said, some guys that come out to see you from AA. And I said, what in the hell is AA? And they said, uh, it's, you know, she said what it was. I said, uh, so I realized then I was in trouble. So I went up to the kitchen and took me a gully washer. And I come back in there and I said, I made an announcement. I said, I ain't going to no damn fellowship hall. I don't know what it is, but I ain't going there. And she said, uh, they said you'd say that. And I said, well, what did they say you should say? How about jail? I said, well, tell me a little bit more about fellowship. <laughs> and she told me what uh, a little bit she knew. And uh, so I said, uh, no, nah, I'm not going unless I can have a drink. I need a drink. I just had one. I just had a gully washer. And uh she said, well, they're going to give you plenty to drink out there. I said, how much is plenty? 
She said, well, about whatever you want. She said, I think they can give everybody out there two ounces every hour. <laughs> I said, well, that don't sound so bad. I'm thinking to myself. I said, hell, I can probably steal enough to stay drunk. So she said, I said, okay, I may change my mind. I'm going. So she gets me in the car, and we can't haul it. We don't know where Fellowship Hall is. We can't find it right up down the road. Find it. Find it. And uh, went in, and uh, she got me in, and she ran. She got in the car and ran 100 miles an hour getting away from there. And the nurse got me over there, and she says, uh, talking to me about stuff. And she's asked me all these questions, you know, that they ask name and rank, their address, on. And I give her the timeout. I do. If you if you come here and speak and you pass talk past nine o'clock, I'll give your ass the timeout. I give her the timeout. I said, Miss Nurse, uh, I want to ask you a question. Have I been nice? She said, Yeah. I said, Have I said anything out of the way to you? She said, No. I haven't cussed ever. She said, No. I said, could I ask you a question? Uh, she said, yes. I said, when do I get an advance? Can I get an advance on my first drink? <laughs> she says, well, you can have anything to drink you want to. We got water, ginger ale, coke. I said, ma'am, you must be from the country. You're a little slow. I need my first drink of whiskey. She said, oh, you don't get any of that out here. I said, my wife said I did. <laughs> she said she lied. I said, that bitch. <laughs> I knew she was a liar. I said, well, we got a problem. I said, I'm getting ready to get out of this damn place. And I'm getting ready to tear this place brick by brick, and you're in the damn way. And she got shot me in the arm or something, and... I went to Betty Byland and <laughs> woke up the next morning in treatment, incarcerated. I thought, oh, Jesus, how did this happen? So I walk out there in the main place, and I'm speaking to people, and they're speaking to me, and I'm thinking, these people are too loud. They're just, they were really giving me a fit. I mean, I need to get the hell out of here. So I asked the lady and the nurse, I said, do you have a newspaper? It was Sunday morning. She said, yes, yeah, right out there. And I went out and looked, and I couldn't find it. I said, I don't see it. She said, it's right up there at the gate. I said, have you got a car I can use to get up there? <laughs> she said, no, you can walk your fat ass up there and get in. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll pay you back. So I start walking that way, and it's a mile and a half exactly. And I, I think, well, I need to get the hell away from here. But I'm so jumbled up in my brain. I know that's 29, but I don't know which way is north and south. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. I sure as hell don't want to go to Reedsville. <laughs> so I'm going to go to, i got to figure out which way is Greensboro. And I'm standing out there trying to figure all this out. And a car came up behind me, and it was a lady I found out later worked in the kitchen. And if that car had a muffler, it was in the, in the trunk. 
because she showered down on it by the time she got to me, and I, I, I climbed a tree. <laughs> I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. My heart was beating so fast I could see the shirt move. And I thought, hell, I don't want to stay out here and die. Nobody will know who I am. They'll run over me or something. So I go walking my fat ass back to, uh, and, and go into treatment. Yeah, the fish me into treatment. We were having a meeting one night, and this girl says, one of the inmates, she says, uh, <laughs> I have a question asked. She says, uh, about Jimmy Brown. I thought, well, this would be good. She says, why is he so, why is he so happy? I said, well, I made him probably need to hear this. She said, he's laughing all the time, always cutting up bullshit. And I'm sad, and the rest of us are mad, and we don't know why he acts like that. And I'll tell you what, I, I would tell you what I've told him, but I'm in church, and my sponsor's sitting over there, and I can't tell you, but she was right. She was right. I was out there playing, shooting pool, playing ping pong, talking to all the girls, and, uh, and never was taking anything serious. So I got out of there, and they told me to find a sponsor, and they should give me a suggestion. And I went and found him, and he was selling cars to me at the same place I was. And uh, he said, uh, Jimmy, I'm not real sober myself. He said, uh, you need to find me. I said, no, nah, don't worry about it. I'm going to teach you how to do this. <laughs> I said, call me every day. If you feel like you want to take a drink, call me. Two days later, he's drunk. <laughs> Drinking uh, uh, some mouthwash or something. Some crazy ass. So I didn't have a sponsor. So I riding down the road and I lifted my visor down. I had a mirror on it and I said, how about you, Jimmy? Could you be my sponsor? I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> and if you're your sponsor, you have a fool for a sponsor. And I had a fool. So he'd say we're about three months. And uh, we planned a trip, the dealership to uh, Florida, to a new car show. And I was going to be the driver, designated driver. And I was going to drive all the way to Florida. I didn't even make it out of town. <laughs> they switched drivers before I ever got to the damn city limit. And that was the start of a, boy, I tell you, that's the start of a bad time in my life because... I was drunk, and I didn't want to be drunk, and every time I took a drink, I wound up drunk because I get, I was so upset about it, and it's just a horrible, horrible way to live. Uh, I, uh, and just alcoholism is cunning, baffling, powerful, and it really is. It, it, it takes all the fun out of life. But, uh, we were married, and we had a child, and every time, once again, you know, married got in trouble, so we had a child, and uh, that never works.
started going to AA. And I was picking up, I picked up some damn in the start over chips. That a group of old timers come to my house one time and asked me to give some of them back. <laughs> they were running a little short. And, uh, and it, uh, you know, I had no modesty. I, I would get, I would sit in the parking lot and drink and come into a meeting and everybody could smell you, you know. And I figured you couldn't smell it because I was drinking vodka. But, uh, and, and life just got worse and worse and worse. And, uh, the, uh, I had a, an old man came in my life by that time. Uh, Rupert was his name. Some of y'all know him, Rupert. And, and Rupert, uh, my wife, I, I, he came over to see me one time. And the way Rupert operated, he was an old timer. The first time he saw you, he'd be real nice. And then he'd turn into a son of a bitch. And, and and so the second time my wife called him because I was drunk, he came over there and he says, um, what did he do? She said, well, he wound up on the outside on the back porch naked looking for his whiskey. And she said, he said, that's fine. Take a picture of that. We want to show that in court. And I think, what in the hell are you doing over here, eh? I said, well, Rupert, it was thank you for coming. We appreciate He said, y'all got any coffee? I said, no, we don't have coffee. Uh, but my wife said, well, I'll make you a pot of coffee. I thought, Lord God, you're going to drink a whole pot of coffee. And and it was that way the whole time. And uh, uh, I, I, I have no idea right now, and that was in... June seventh of eighty two, why I quit drinking. Uh, Jimmy Joyner picked me up one night and went to a meeting out on Monday night, and he spoke out to Henshaw. I'm not Henshaw, wherever it is. And coming back in town, uh, he had been working with me, and uh, he said. Uh, I needed I needed to drink worse than I ever needed one in my life, and I had hid a pint of vodka in a rose bush out in the front yard, and I'm thinking, get me home. He's driving my car, so get me home. So we're going down the road, and he pulls in a pancake house on battleground. I'd rather be in hell with my back broke. <laughs> I didn't want, I didn't want to be in no damn pancake house, and he said, uh, "Come on in." I said, "I'm not going in." He said, yeah, you are. Come on in. So we go in there, and he says, uh, give me a waffle and give him a waffle. I don't want a waffle. Well, you're going to have one. And so he puts waffle in there, and he takes that syrup and just empties it in my plate. And I thought, oh, Jesus Christ. And then he did what I know to do, and what I know today he did was a perfect 12-step call. Because we stayed in there most of the night. And I don't know what he said. I, I knew then. And uh, and the reason I say it was a perfect 12-step call because it was his 12-step, and he hadn't had a drink since that night. As a added bonus, neither have I. 
and that's been next June it'll be 34 years. And 34 years ain't a, may not be a record, but it ain't bad in AA. And I was, I was there. And that started a, a, a whole new way of doing business in AA. Um, I asked Jimmy, I said, uh, he said, go to a meeting and call me every day. I said, well, how many meetings do I need to go to? He said, how many did you drink? I said, well, I don't know. He said, I do. You drink every day. You go every night. And that's where I started, and that's where I learned AA. I went every night, every night. Hated everybody in the room. Hated every human. Well, after about the first week, or two, I liked some of these guys right over here, but I hated the rest of you. <laughs> and then I'd start liking a few of those guys, and it just wears on you. Uh The, the the thing I love about AA is that it introduced me to a higher power. I had none. I had no had no God in my life. Uh, my father, when my father was a practicing alcoholic, and the only thing we 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 did on Sunday was dodge, weave, and duck. We weren't trying to go to church. And so, when I learned about the spiritual life, I learned it in AA. From the beginning, and I didn't have anything to match it up to because I never had any experience with that. And and that's what that's what happened. That's uh, I never forget the first year I was sober. Uh, I picked up my chip at Starmount, which is where I picked up all my chip. And uh, I went to the be. I, I was going to show my family how nice I was doing, how good I smelled. And how funny I was. And I, so I invited my family down to, to uh, Moorhead City. I rented a big, nice cottage down there for us all to stay in. And so I'm sitting there with my wife, and we're there coming. They pull up on the yard, and they come in the door, and they're all bringing their luggage, and, and they're bringing their brown bags, and they got whiskey and beer and all that. And I make what I think was a humorous. T- Suggestion. I thought it was humor. I said, if y'all not be careful, you have to start going me every night at 7.30. Well, I had never given them the opportunity to let me know how they felt about me. <laughs> and they put me up against the wall and did the Chinese torture test on me. They told me, every one of them, what, kind of, what a sorry husband I was, what a sorry brother I was. What well, a sorry son I was. How disappointed. And I'm sitting there thinking, I paid for this damn place. <laughs> and they run their damn mouth at me. And I listen about as long as I've ever listened to anybody who's criticizing me in my life, about six minutes. <laughs> and I headed through the door, and my wife knew I was in trouble. And she come running out the door. She said, what's wrong? And I said, I'm leaving. And I said, uh, she said, please don't leave. I, I said, I'm leaving. She said, no, I'll go with you. I said, no, I don't want you to go with me. She said, yeah. I said, I'll tell you right now what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get me a bottle of whiskey and drink it and come over here and see how many of them I can throw through that plate glass one of mama first. <laughs> and so we get in the car, and she's trying to talk me down, and I'm boiling. 
and I, I start, I'm going to the ABC store and I pull in a food line and get the chaser, get me some chaser. And I'm standing in line at the checkout with my chaser, and I run head on into a man called Early Jones from Greensboro, North Carolina, AA. And he had just celebrated a, a birthday, and he says, uh, I heard you celebrate a year. I said, I have, and he said, I want to tell you how proud I am of you. And he said, I'm, I'm having a tough time in my life. And I, I said, you're having a tough time. You don't even know how to spell tough time. <laughs> he said, uh, would you mind going to some meetings with me this week? I said, well, I mind going to some meetings. Hell, I go there and live. So uh, we uh, I, we went over to my car, and I said, oh, early, can I talk to you just a minute? And I shared with him what I had happened, what had happened to me. And he says, he told me what to do. He told me what the AA thing to do was, uh, make amends. And, and, and he said, uh, they may or may not accept it. It don't matter. What matters is that you'll be doing it. And then call me. So I did what he said, and they were unusually receptive to it. I don't know why, but they were. So early and I went to a meeting every night. And that's just a point I make, is to say that that night, I had that, that morning when I got woke up, as I do every morning of my life, I asked God to keep me sober. And he did. He brought early Jones in my life. And that's one more day I had. And that's the way my life has been uh, ever since. Uh, I, I don't think about drinking now. I don't have to think about drinking. I have enough problems without drinking. Uh, I have, you know, as I tell you, I had Parkinson's, and that's caused me a hell of a lot of discomfort. But I keep on going one day at a time. And Rita, she, my wife's in AA. She's got a great program. She knows more about the big book than I do, which ain't saying a hell of a lot. But, uh, Bill says if I get tired of talking, quit. Uh, I appreciate y'all letting me do this tonight. I about quit talking, but uh, I uh, I like to. I like I, I, there's two special people picking their chips up tonight. And I want to be part of that. And I appreciate y'all letting me do this, and I love you each and every one. Thank you. <laughs>